in a bit if that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Welcome, guys. Welcome. To, uh, what are we? Uh, episode nine? nine. Episode nine of the away end. So uh, we got we got the boys from Sporth here, George and uh, and Brad. Right here we go, Georgie boy. What what are we saying, man? Yeah, good mate. How's yourself? Yeah, man, I'm not too bad. It's just been one of them sort of days, hasn't it, today? Like, quite a grey Monday. Everyone's just been working from home. Fell asleep on the couch before. Like, really not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> not that busy, then. That, no, yeah, that's not decent, that does. Yeah. Yeah, right. So we got we got two guys in. We got Brad in as well. Give us a shout, mate. How's it going, lads? Actually well buzzing as well this week because we got four northern lads on. We've had fucking, like... Southerners have had Aussies, but we've actually just got four northern lads. Just basically, all I wanted this podcast to be well, me and Jim to just go down the pub. Oh, wait, COVID, yeah, just go down the pub and just go and have a few beers and just chat shit. And now we have to do this online, but you know, it's one of them, right? We're we're, we're cracking on. Oh, I am here. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, forgot about you, innit? Oh, we got the usual lad down down in London. Northern lad, but he's down in London. We know what we're saying. Jimbo, give us a shout. Hello, mate. We're just going to crack on, I think. Oh, fucking hell, one sec. I need some. I need this. I'm a bit dry now. <laughs> we're a proper, this is a proper legit outfit, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah. This is like proper. slick as it gets. So, boys, I'm, I'm not going to go straight into what I think is boring internationals. My first question is, who just who do you boys support? And we always like to do this on on the away end. Give us a little like origin story. Brad, go first, mate. You, who do you support? And give us a little just you know backstory about it. Well, I support United, and it's actually a little bit awkward because my dad's actually a City fan. But my um, when I was younger, when I started playing football, when I was four or five, it was actually my granddad who used to take me, who was a United fan on the opposite side of the family. So it just kind of got ingrained on me before my dad really got a chance. Oh. Which I still don't think he's ever really forgiven. Yeah, I didn't know that, mate. That yeah. yeah, that's oh if I'd done that to my dad, he'd have fucking killed me. I didn't think I'd tell you what, this show's turning into like a fucking United fan show, mate. Every other week it's a United <laughs> fan. Don't worry about that. That'll soon change. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, here we go. Go on, GB. Yeah, go on. Give us give us a backstory. The, the origin story. If I can remember back, way back when, when my dad first said, Do you want to come watch Bolton? I remember do you remember them rollover hot dogs you used to get at the footy? Yeah. He went, I had literally zero interest in football. It's around like when I was like nine or ten. He went, if you come to the football, I'll buy you a massive hot dog. So I was like, <laughs> right, okay. And then and then two months later, Bolton got to the Carling Cup final against Middlesbrough uh, as if 2004. So he basically went, right, well, I couldn't get a ticket. But what he actually did, my dad, because they all, they all sold out basically, he emailed our old chairman. Uh, he just guessed his email, so he put phil.gartside at bwfc.co.uk, <laughs> and it worked. And he went, uh, yeah, t- tickets are sold out. Well, my son really wants to go. I wasn't asked about football. My son really <laughs> wants to go. Uh, can you sort us out a couple of tickets? So next thing you know, like, look, <laughs> these two come through the door. <clears throat> I mean, I could go on about it, but I'm still very bitter because we were, we were 2-0 down in the first 10 minutes against Borough, went all the way to Cardiff. And who was it now? Bolo's ending. He kicked the penalty twice, so he slipped. And then he kicked it again as he was, like, coming back up. So, yeah, it's been 16 years, but I'm not over it. And I was so just going to say, I'm, mate, yeah, you're still bitter about that, aren't you, now? So the theme of bitterness has kind of ridden. It's been, like, a main theme ever since I started. So Yeah, I mean, you I missed mean, the important bit, though. Did you have a hot dog? Did I have a hot dog? Uh, yes, I think. And a, and a, oh. a little Diet Coke as well. The absolute Decent. dream. Decent. Whilst my dad went on the corner out of sig. I didn't realise he smoked. So, anyway, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole thing. This week's obviously a bit different because, as you can tell with the tone of my voice, I'm not a big fan of internationals. We've talked about it before, and especially Nations League or friendlies. But GB's just put his hand up, and I feel like he's got something that he's, you know, he, he wants he wants to chip in at. As Dolly Parton once said, <laughs> you can't get a rainbow without a little bit of the rain. Because you need you need the qualifiers, you need the shit friendlies and the Andorras versus Moldovas in order to get the proper international tournaments and games that we love. I agree, there is... Like, like for example, the last Premier League weekend that happened when we had the 6-1 and the 7-2, everyone was absolutely... The Barclays was in full flow and everyone needed a little bit more. 
However, because it, it's, it's like weird time of the year when they, they have two international breaks like right after each other. So even I find yeah. it a bit annoying. But I also don't have that thing where I think I spoke to you about it before, Dan. Yeah. How, like, say United fans, for example, always get shit scared that Marcus Rashford's going to end up with an ACL off the back of playing 50 minutes against, you know, Montenegro. So it's, it's very different from my sort of, my kind of viewpoint of it. But yeah, I like watching England. I think um, what there's the particular bit I enjoy about it is how, you know, you mentioned how this is like everyone sports a different team on this podcast. Well, it's sometimes like that. When it's England, I find that a majority of my mates, we actually all have this one team that we all support and like and we can talk about. And Like's a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Endure, I'd say more. Endure, endure for, the, for the majority. But yeah. Um, and then I, I was watching, um, again, I, you'll have no idea this is on telly, but at quarter to 11 on a Sunday night after an international break, you'll have like a highlights program with... Um, Who's it? Mark Pugach, and it'll be Ian Wright and Roy Keane, and they'll just be laying into like Andorra defenses. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite, it's quite hilarious how like it's, it's so because that's the thing as well. It doesn't really matter the Premier League and everything. It's so serious, and it's so you know, will West Brom get this one point against Everton this weekend? And this matters so much that where it's just the internationals doesn't really matter. It's a bit of fun. You, you get these little gems as well where, you know, like for Macedonia, their biggest player will be Alioski for Leeds and he'll be like Beckham in that country. And there's just yeah. there's so many little gems and like faucets you can find from international football. So, you know, I'll admit that England were pretty terrible against Belgium and we got extremely lucky to win that game via, I think it was deflected mount shot. But yeah, yeah you know, let's up, up, up the brave lions, as they say. Go on, Brad. I feel like you've been wanting to jump in for about the past minute and a half when you've been saying something then. Go on, just tell us what you really think of internationals, mate. You know, you know, I I get it. I get like like what George is saying about how it does bring people together, but I just feel like at this stage of the season when we're trying to shoehorn like games in as it is, to to have like not even just a nation not even just the Nations League games, to just shoehorn a friendly with Wales in before the Nations League. It's just mental. And then against Belgium, we played three right backs. <laughs> Didn't Kieran Trippier play left back? Well, yeah, but exactly. <laughs> like, like if, if that's not enough evidence that like these internationals don't need to be happening right now, it's the fact that Kieran Trippier was playing left back for England. <laughs> I was quite buzzing for it, and then forgot it happened, and then turned the game on last night. It was ninety-two minutes, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think I agree with George in terms of just fatigue for. Back-to-back international. We've had one, what? How long ago was that? Like two, three weeks ago, the other international break? Like, yeah. that's what that's what's pissing me off. Like, I don't I don't need another one within like a month of each other. But, you know, it is what it is, right, boys? We'll, we'll crack on. We won't we won't uh, delay too much about the, the internationals. George has got his, his lovely little bit in about the internationals. He's talked about them. So yeah, cool. that, that's... And then I realised that the whole thing's defunct because Kieran Trippier played left-back. So. <laughs> 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 oh, I've got nothing against Kieran Trippier, by the way. Like, I think he's all right. Just not a left-back. Nah, he's dog <laughs> shit, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, you're... Mate, you, you fucking were loving him about a season and a half ago. He scored a great own goal against Chelsea and he slotted it past Hugo Lloris, mate. <laughs> Right. Okay. Here we go. What we love to do on this podcast: take a little uh, deep dive on the on the guys' clubs, what they think. Right. Ian Everett. Ian Everett. 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 There we go. See, that's a good start, isn't it? Pretty short managerial career at the moment, isn't it? Like he's only been at Barrow. I got them up, and you can tell I've been doing my notes. <laughs> and um, and so what? What do you think of him? Was it sort of? I remember you you telling me when I when I met you, you said like. Prob- might happen, but it's probably because it's going to be quite a cheap deal. They're not going to have to pay big bucks for him. So what? Yeah, what do you think? So, so what? What happened was so obviously we went through an incredible amount of shit last year through administration, and we had to get these two managers kind of quickly, and we had to sign a whole new squad. So we came into the start of this season with basically I think we had three actual professional players signed up, rest were kids, and like just a, a complete clean slate, which is quite nice. So what the owners have done, they've decided to get a kind of new, fresh manager with, you know, new ideas. So this Ian Everett guy, so to give you a bit of background, he was, um, it was a centre-back. Do you know when Ian Holloway's Blackpool team came up 
about yeah, 10. Yeah. So he was like one of their main players back then. And, uh, I, I, I re- I'd looked at that. I've been on his Wikipedia, mate. You can tell, yeah, you, can, oh, yeah, tell yeah. you that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you how many appearances, but <laughs> I'll let you off. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah so he was part of that Blackpool team and he had one year at Barrow and um, I don't know if you're aware of that YouTube channel I think it's TFO Football do you know the one yeah, yeah. nations on it so they did a video um, describing how his team played and how they were nicknamed Barrow Salona which I assume that the newspaper of Barrow were the only people who ever said that <laughs> I hope someone got a promotion from that. Exactly. <laughs> it, was like, it was like this 40-minute um, explainer video about how, you know, this is like purely like non-league football and how they five at the back and all these different transitions and da 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 And uh, all, this, all this was getting spread around my sort of timeline as he was being rumoured to be number one. So even before he got the job, the fans were like, oh, we're going to piss the league this year. We've got this amazing manager. And we've paid £250,000 in compensation to Barrow. But that's basically all our transfer budget because we're still under a transfer embargo. So what the owners have decided to do is go, right, well, we're going to have to sign a lot of free agents and nobodies. So let's spend all the money on a good manager and hopefully he'll be able to then quickly get us out of League Two. So all the Bolton fans are absolutely delighted and excited because for years we've just had, yeah, well, just just managers who've basically been given the job of keep the players happy when they're not getting paid. And I, I can go into all that nonsense. It's been going on the last 10 years. But yeah, everyone's everyone's been really excited so far. It's just a shame that we've only won one game. This <laughs> Oh, mate, you, you beat me to the punch then. I just like to go in and be like, oh, yeah, but, but you know, one one win, one draw, right? Go on, so go on, it's go on, gonna... do that segue. Go on, I'll let you do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, mate. Come on, go on, carry so, on. So, yeah, so the start, the season, the pre-season was looking really good. We've uh, we've signed the League Two's top goal scorer from last year, Owen Doyle. He's 32. We've signed him on a three-year deal, but bloody you know, hell! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, mm, I mean, you got you got to take it though. And then we signed, I think, um, a couple of players from Plymouth who were like the who were in the League Two team of the season. Like, I'm I'm having to get used to this life of buzzing off League Two players from <laughs> last year. Really, tough. it's really hard. You can hear it in my voice as well. So we've signed, we've signed a, uh, you know, a, a few half decent players, and like we were, we were like blasting teams in preseason. We played Loughborough Uni and beat them eight nil, so <laughs> we were absolutely storming it. And then and then we lost in five games out of seven. It's been a bit of a reality check, basically, from how we thought we were just we got this class manager with these amazing ideas. How he's he's been saying we're going to play amazingly attacking football every week. I paid ten quid. Go on the eye follow. And I've sat and watched us lose two nil at home to Mansfield Town. But <laughs> oh, one yeah. one other thing I did just want to slip in at this point was well, so then out of them out of them losses, I think uh, two of them went to the uh, the mighty mighty uh, Cor Alexandra, haven't they? Yes, in the EFL Kickabout Cup. I don't know what it is. It's the Sherpa Vans Johnson Paint. Told you it was Johnson Paint Trophy. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that. Like, what is it? I wasn't sure what if it was. Yeah, Johnson's Paint Trophy or yeah. some some rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Fair so, enough. So, mate. so they they came to the the fortress University of Bolton Stadium and beat us three two in this. <laughs> Shit trophy that we're now. This is the thing. We've still got like a whole group stage to go. So I don't. You get you get put in a group with four different teams, three different teams. One of them being Newcastle United's under twenty ones. One of them being Crew Alexander. Right. So I had. I'll be honest. I had a pretty busy weekend. I had a little bit of time to do a bit of research on Sunday, and I was looking, and I was like, "What is it? Like, <laughs> like you said, under twenty ones for Newcastle, Crew, yeah. Bolton, and and." I can't remember who else was in, in your group. And I was just like, I'm just obviously a big club snob who just oh. like, you know, who just doesn't look any further down the pyramid than like League One. But it just, yeah, it just blew my mind a little bit. Honestly, I'm, when it when it comes to League Two, I'm a big club snob. I look at this trophy and go, wow, that's for Plymouth, that is. <laughs> that's for Rochdale. We don't, want, we don't want to be in your scummy little trophy. So I'm delighted we got knocked out, to be honest. Fair enough, mate. We, we, Fair we've enough. got much bigger fish to fry this season. Yeah, of course, mate, of course. Well, mate, we've we've covered a lot of ground there. I feel like you have absolutely smashed them. We're gonna I've already already on to question four here, I remember. But uh, as as I said, big club snob over here. Mm-hmm. Um I remember the the likes of uh, <clears throat> Ivan Campo, JJ Kotcha, the the big Sam, big Sam guys. What happened? 
what what you what you're doing there is basically asking me to sum up 10 years of hell. Yeah, exactly, um... mate. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, well, give me the top two main main reasons why top two or three main reasons why you you really feel like because you know what, right? From my perspective, and I'm sure Brad's gonna say in a minute, if I'm if I'm gonna criticize my club right now, mm. fucking Ed Woodward. So <laughs> from your perspective, give us like, you know. Ken Anderson, fuck you, yeah. mate. What, what you're playing yeah. at, yeah? He's, he's the main one. Right, so I'll, I'll basically sum it up. So in 2011-12 year, we went down, and that was just purely because by that point, all the players you mentioned there, your Akotches, Campos, Stelios, Juth, all that sort of thing, it, it dwindled down by that point. And we'd lost quite a few players, like Stuart Alden got his leg broke thanks to Johnny Evans, which I'm incredibly bitter about because he was genuinely one of the best players in the Prem at that point. Muamba had his heart attack. The whole team just had it. It, it, it went quite strange for a year. And it, it, did, it affected the club in a weird way. Like We lost 5-0 to Stoke at Wembley, FA Cup semi-final. Uh, yeah, that was a dark day too. So this is what I mean. This, uh, there's a definite theme to all this. So uh, it all kind of went wrong for the club in that sense. And then we go down to the Championship. We had the best squad in the Championship. Finished seventh on the last day. We were meant to get into the playoffs, but we drew two all at home to Blackpool. So we didn't get out of the championship the first time, which is then when you get the parachute payments. So after that, you're on your own and you're fucked, basically, if you've not got a rich owner or you haven't yeah. got a way out. So our our owner, uh, about so we went down a couple of years just festering in the championship. He then decides to turn the tap off completely. So the club is still in debt of 150 million. None of the players players are getting paid whatsoever. So we keep dropping down and down the leagues because there's just all sorts of disputes. And then Ken Anderson rocks up and buys the club. Now, Ken Anderson, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he literally is just a pot of grease. Like, you need to make him a thumbnail for the podcast. I don't know how to describe it. Like, he looks, he looks like a lizard. He actually looks like a lizard. So he, he buys the club, right? And he's, he's an asset stripper. So he, he'd been previously involved in a football club in like 2009 or something. But he got banned for about four years for being involved in any form of football ownership. So the guy's been banned from owning a football club. And then he buys Bolton, which at the time we were so desperate that they let it happen. That's what I was going to say. Like, how, how does that even come about when, uh, it, it, but it's, it just got, that bad that there was yeah, a situation where if he if he didn't put his money in what money he decided to put in if he didn't do that then our entire existence would have been wiped out so at the time fans didn't who didn't know that much about him probably were like oh thank god we've been saved you know we're almost feeling yeah. him some sort of savior kind of guy so you kind of put them things to one side and it's 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 probably hard to relate to you guys but i don't know if you had if united was about to get you know, deleted tomorrow. You you probably you do anything. You'd, you'd be like, yeah, let let anyone take over it. So, so yeah. So Ken Anderson took over, and then uh, about a year into his tenure, he decided that he'd had enough, and he didn't pay any of the players for about six months. It ju- it just it absolutely tore the heart out of the club because any sort of decent squad we'd built over the last few years got completely decimated. Um, I am genuinely trying to sum up 10 years here. No, 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 mate, mate, honestly, please. Oh, yeah. Like, it's actually interesting. This is what I wanted because I'd like, mm. I do want to learn more about, you know, the lower league clubs and stuff. So I am interested yeah. in it. So, so, and then I'll, I'll get to the bit where it gets a bit brighter. So, uh, yeah, so the players don't get paid. This is around the end of 2018, 9-ish. So we get, we get down to League One and then... Because we went into admin, that was it. Ken Anderson decided he couldn't be asked paying the players anymore. Sticks the club into administration because he doesn't want anything to do with it. It takes so long for the new owners to actually buy the club that by the point that they've said, you know, we've got all the money available, um, he had to put the club into admin, basically, because there was just no way of paying all the outstanding bills. Like we had to sell a car park at one point, and we even sold our training ground to Wigan. So all over the so we had this amazing training ground they got built during this big sand days, um, you know, like proper, proper Premier League standard. Mm. And then Wigan Athletic bought it off us in 2016. And then Wigan have recently sold it to Preston <laughs> uh, in the last year or so. Fucking hell, man. This is the thing, like, with, with Northwest clubs. I mean, Wigan's a different whole different kettle of fish, but, yeah, we've all had our fair share of shit. 
Um, and then, yeah, I'll, 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 ra- I'll round off the, uh, the Bolton story in, in the nice way. So we go down to League One. We sign, we get a new manager called Keith Hill. Uh, we sign nine players in one day and they're not good enough. One player gets in a car crash. Another one gets his ACL torn in a, do you know that EFL trophy we were talking about before? The shit kick yeah. about. Our best player, Ali Crawford. Uh, he did his ACL against Man City under 21s. So oh, oh. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be the bright like, ending. I'm, I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So, so all that shit happens. We go, we go down to League Two, and then finally, at the end of this little tunnel, Ian, Ian Everett appears with Barrow Salona attacking football. Happy days. We're going to absolutely piss League Two, and we're currently four points uh, in 14th place. So. There you go. That, that's 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 Bolton Wanderers over the last ten years. I hope you've learned a lot. I mean, Brad, I'm sure you've you've been on the on the roller coaster with George on uh, on any yeah. any time that you just you know you're seeing you're seeing a a, a Bolton nil someone three and you and you just think, oh, George is going to message me in a minute. Fucking hell, here we go. I'm- Times where like we've been out the night before and like like he's woke up on my couch or something or vice versa and like I'll walk into watching him like hungover, like watching a stream of Bolton on his phone. It's like when you see like a sick pet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe take him out back and shoot him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. <laughs> oh, mate. The first time he went down, I was I was doing a shift as the Brad decided to text me saying, enjoy the championship. Kiss, kiss. That was it. <laughs> got that saved somewhere. So, I mean, we we covered quite a bit of admin uh, there, or we did cover some admin. I mean, like, it wasn't really a better way. It was kind of a bit of a shit question, Six, I'll be honest. There are no like, shit questions. <laughs> there's no shit questions. There's shit football clubs. But <laughs> <laughs> like, In terms of, because obviously, like, with COVID and the whole situation, like, did you think that EFL as a whole, like, handled it correctly could you have thought of any other way really they could have worked it not necessarily to like keep Bolton up but to like in a perspective of like you thought it was unfair just to add to that like I don't really know a lot about like the lower league clubs and how that works and obviously it's quite in a lot of the limelight at the moment with the EFL and that and all this shake-up that's trying to be pushed through and should there be like compensation paid and things like that? So I don't know. It'd be kind of nice to get maybe even a wider picture on it just outside, like, you know, the trotters. Yeah, I think um, it's a tricky one because I agree that maybe more should be done to help out the EFL and maybe some of the more the Premier League money should be shared out, which is what they were saying with this new project, um, Bigger Picture, whatever it was called. But I think that in regards to our situation and maybe like a Berry and Wigan Athletics, so, you know, reel off any of these Northwest clubs that have fallen on hard times. It's the owner's fault mainly that why these like to hard times happen. So, you know, we had an asset stripper, Wigan Athletic, uh, their owners put a bet on them to be relegated. I think, I think that might have been Bruno, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and Berry again was incompetence from their owner. So it's... It's if if you're just if you're just giving out money and packages for free to help out all these clubs, you're basically saying to any future owners, yeah, you can run you can run the club like shit and you can not look after your finances and overpay for players, but don't worry because we'll we'll help you out. So I could see why a lot of clubs would would be against that. Like on the same day that um, we got saved by new owners, you know, Barry went they they went bust. They had to get kicked out of the EFL, which I. You know, took no pleasure in whatsoever because it's horrible. You know, mm. I think you know you've got to look at you look at football clubs like a business, but at the same time, it's. I think I've seen some argument. Um, that was it. The Crystal Palace chairman, Steve Parish, he was saying that if I'm Tesco, why would I bail out the local best one down the road, or why would I bail out the yeah. spa? It's it's very different though with football. It's a, it's a it's woven into the fabric of the community. It's so important to people's lives and mental health and you know just how they what, what they talk about with the friends and everything it's it's completely different so i think it can be given a special consideration that we need to look after these athletes they need to be looked after football clubs even even how terrible the owners are but like i said there's got to be a definite balance i think that is 100 percent the truth like you know it's 
with 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 football clubs, you, you, you know, you're invest, you got hearts and souls invested in that kind of stuff, aren't you? So it's like, in that respect, it, it, Steve Parish, it's all right him saying would the local Tesco be like the local uh, best one or whatever, but like that sort of shows like the shallowness of him. Like I know to be fair, I think he is actually like South London. I think he is actually like a fan of Crystal Palace, but at the same time, like it just proves like, you know, his insight is basically, I'm still running as a football club and I don't want to bring this up. We haven't even got his headphones on. I don't want to bring this up, Jim, but you know, Daniel Levy does just run it like a business, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what did he hear? Danny Levy there. Yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that? Like, Talking about big daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for GB and we'll get on to Brad. You mentioned it to me and I'd, I'd had heard about it and I thought, so I follow, which is like what you mentioned before, which is like the basically like a streaming service for the EFL to sort of earn money from. And yeah, you you get you can stream your club's games. I thought when I read about it that it was like ten pound for like a package of like I don't know like five games, and then you corrected me and told me it's ten pound per game. Per you pay a tenner to watch Mansfield spank you two nil. Like what? Like yeah. what's your opinion on it? Yeah, no, it's 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 one of them. I think if we if we were top of league two by now, I'd have I'd have paid twenty quid a game. And it, <laughs> but it's 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 different because. I currently don't have the option to give Bolton any money whatsoever apart from this iFollow service. Yeah. So say if so I would go to the games with my dad, not every week, but by now, what what are we like? Seven, eight games into the season. I might have gone to two or three. So I would have spent about sixty quid and I've paid about seventy quid for about seven games. So it it kind of works out. And I don't know what the um split is between the iFollow service, EFL. And what the club actually gets but i yeah. did see something that was quite interesting um i can't remember which chairman it was but basically we we played one of these clubs and they were saying how um you know all the you got home team away teams on the on the i follow the money that the home team fans buy goes straight to that home team and then for the away team uh the first 500 tickets i follow subscriptions go to the home team and then anything after that uh, the money goes to the away team I hope that made sense. And basically with with Bolton games, because we've got such a big away following for that kind of level, we've we've gone past the 500 mark. And then, you know, so we'll get any additional revenue after that. But clubs down in that level basically aren't able to get past the 500 away followers. So we've been taking all the home money and the away receipts as well. So it's, it's, it's beneficial for clubs like us. And I think it has probably made quite a big difference to our financial. What, what what you're telling me is, mate, Bolton are just snaking a load of money from other yeah. clubs that actually need it. Big, and, horrible and corporate machines like Bolton. <laughs> yeah, against the corporate pigs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, I, 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 do, I do know what you're saying, but it's it's like you say, I'm, I think at the moment, and bearing in mind, you know, I'm not I'm not out all the time spending money everywhere and I'm not buying a bus ticket. And, you know, my, my, my disposable income, if it can go towards keeping Bolton alive, bearing in mind what I've had to go through. I've been sat there at work, you know, refreshing Twitter feeds about someone in court, checking that we're not about to get deleted at 11 a.m. <laughs> I've been there, been there so many times. So if I can just pay a tenner on a Saturday to watch us get spanked by Mansfield Town, I think I'll do it. <laughs> would there would you would you guys do it? Would you like pay a set amount to watch a United game legitimately, you know, with the um assurance that it is like a quality stream and that? Is there no other option? Well, you can't get a game, can you? Yeah, but is there no other option that I can stream it illegally? Because let's be honest, Bolton games aren't getting streamed on services on the internet i'm not going into any more detail than that on, on... <laughs> <laughs> if it's if i was in the same situation as as george then yeah i'd i'd, I'd pay a tenner a game to see but you i mean you don't what's the what's the alternative daniel you don't use illegal no no, no of course not no no illegal uh streams no never horrendous and kind of things i didn't even know it was a thing to be honest no, no, i just no, no, mentioned no, it no, then. <laughs> stop dragging me down this rabbit hole james of uh trying to make me admit things yeah i need to bring it up because i, I paid seven quid to watford to watch tottenham play them in pre-season on their live service did you Fucking hell. Pay, pay to watford as well yeah i know i've got to keep you gotta keep watford afloat mate.
minutes of me moaning, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> mate. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you moan because I've done so much moaning on this podcast in the past like two weeks about about just shit results, <laughs> game shit, everything. So, Brad, you're you're a United, you're a United fan. Oh, GB's left. Is that you done then, mate? Yeah. Sick of it. He's gone. He's gone. Done with it. He's just messaged me shit. Press the wrong button. (laughs) 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 I just saw Instagram and told him it was (laughs) a little guest appearance, wasn't it? (laughs) That was so rude. I'm sorry. Right. So, um, in terms of United, Brad, I mean, what are your thoughts on Ollie? It, at the minute, probably not. I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one with him. Cause like, I think he's, I think he probably hit the heights that he's going to hit last season, which is probably in the end is probably going to do more damage to him than good because no, no one expects us to finish third last year. We were never going to get anywhere close to that. So going into this season, you kind of like naturally wanting to build on that, but the start of the season suggests otherwise. <laughs> I know it's early days. It's hard to read into this season already. Like, look at Liverpool last week. It's kind of hard to take anything at face value at the minute. And I think no matter who's in charge United at the minute, they're going to have the same issues. Because it, we just seem to go into this cycle where, like, like look at Mourinho. Mourinho started off fine. Like, he won all the Europa. And they got to the point where he didn't get the players who wanted to sign. Solskjaer's done that. He got us the third when no one's expected to do him. He's... Told us, told the board who he wants, and we've not given him. And it just feels like we're stuck in this endless cycle. It's just got to keep going until something changes above the manager. I fully, wholeheartedly agree with everything you've just said. It's um... so you're saying Ollie's not the man, basically. <sighs> I know this is the thing. I don't want to say that because I do. No, not you. I, I know your opinion, but <laughs> the guest, mate, the Brad. Go I on, want mate. him. I Go want on, his mate. opinion. I'd, I'd be well up for giving him the chance, like. Because he's obviously not got the experience, like in terms of like the CV. But we've seen like young managers managers in Germany like do really well with who we've all, we've never heard of before. This like they have this breakout season, but it's because the clubs have got a really good structure in place that they're allowed to excel and play like exciting football and put their own stamp yeah. and like identity on it. For all we know, Solskjaer could have that ability. He could not just as easily. But we'll probably never find out because of the way the clubs run. And even if we brought like what the alternatives, obviously, good, it's going to be Pochettino. In my opinion, I think he'll Pochettino will be in before Christmas. Really? That soon? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, because I think so. He's going to get to the point where Solskjaer is going to end up saying something that the board don't like. He won't be like the, the scapegoat for them anymore. They'll see it as an opportunity to bring in Pochettino, and then the the cycle will just start again. Like in the grand scheme of things, Pochettino is not exactly like he's not a massively experienced manager. He's not like proven and won loads of trophies. Obviously, we've got more experience than Solskjaer, but like it's broken from the top, and until you fix that, it's nothing's going to change. Are you living the Pochettino dream, like Dan is? Um, I'm indifferent to it. To be like, I think he's a, re- I think he's a class manager. I think he's great, but I just think again, like it's, I find it hard to be excited about any manager like that we get linked with. Like we could bring in fucking Pep or Klopp, and I don't think they'll be able. To, I don't think they'd do. They might do a bit better, and they'll have like a really good initial period, like Solskjaer did, but they'll just encounter the same problems. So it's just like, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even think about like what manager will do well because no manager will do well if they can't get the players they want to sign. So it's done matter how good your painter decorator is if your house is knackered. Exactly. That's a little analogy for you there. That, yeah. one's, that one's free. To be honest, that one leads us on quite nicely to what I think probably me and Brad 100% agree on as well. Like the Glaziers, Woodwards, should they really be running the club? Personally... I didn't want them to 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 buy the club. I've never really backed them, to be honest. I've never been like green and gold, but like I've never I've never really backed them. Like, and let's be honest, like Woodward's just truly, truly fucked this situation, this transfer situation up. Like, he's a banker. He's a banker in a director of football role. Like, it's I don't know. It's just it's mad. It's becoming more and more obvious. Like each season that goes along, that him or the Glazers, they're not. They've got no interest whatsoever. Like. In us winning trophies, they're happy with us finishing the top four because they get the they get the payout and they'll just keep the business ticking over. Like they're not bothered about us winning trophies or like what like it means to support the club. Like I always say, like it was obviously a fucking disaster when Fergie left. It's been downhill since then. But losing David Gill at the same time was just as big a blow because that's when the fucking Woodward show started. 
Do you know what I love? I love, I love this because like George has obviously done his spiel, and then you're doing yours now, and you're you're so impa- like passionate about it. As George is just completely resigned to the fact that it's just, <laughs> that's just what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got to accept it after a while. <laughs> uh, I think that's the thing. Like, it, it, like, I do sometimes feel bad, like complaining about like having these when we're still spending millions on players. But yeah. uh, you just got to put it into perspective, haven't you? Like. It's just different levels of clubs. Like you, once you've grown up supporting like standard of club, like you just get used to it. And that's, that's why I think it is. It's a pretty weird one for just going off United topic a little bit. But for like a City fan, for me that would be crazy to be like my my mate who's like thirty five, watch City get promoted from like League One, and now yeah. they've got Pep in charge. This off season they were they were linked with one of the best, if not the greatest player of all time. Like, that is just crazy, isn't it? Like, uh, the yeah. trajectory for a club like that. GB, that's uh, it's slightly different, uh, slightly different time, vibes it, on the other way down for you, isn't it, mate? Every time I have a beer and I'm within two yards of a City fan, I like to tell them that we were better than you in, like, <laughs> time of five. <laughs> you can't see on the podcast, but I just did an impression of a drunk person. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I have no bones about telling them that. I, I remember the days of when we were comfortably top eight and they were languishing at 14th. And then look, look what can happen in the space of 10 years. So that, we, man. we just need an entire state to take us over. Yeah, I hear Bosnia is looking for a club to buy up, mate. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll get everyone <laughs> In terms of signings, I'm I'm still trying to get my head around how to pronounce half the signings that we made. <laughs> we made a Cavani, which I think you know, hopefully could be good. But what what's your other, what's your? I I'll be honest, I've I've YouTubed the other two lads, the one the one who's come in, and then the one who's coming in in January from uh, was it Atlanta or obviously? yeah? What, I mean, what are you thinking? <sighs> I'm excited about Van der Beek. I don't really know how he fits into the team yet. And I don't think Solskjaer knows how he fits into the team yet. Because it it's going to be like, it means dropping Pogba. Like, most likely it's going to mean dropping Pogba. Which... But then is, isn't he off? Is what I've heard. He's off, isn't he? Well, he, he's, he's brought up the Madrid thing again, hasn't he? Well, it's been on national duty. Yeah. And the, the thing is with Pogba, like, if, if he... Like, I really like Pogba. And I think we're as much to blame in all, this whole saga that goes on with him, like wanting to leave. I think we're just as in the wrong as he might be. Because we've obviously told him, when we've signed him, we're like, we're going to make you our marquee signing. We're going to build a team around you. And it's mm. just what happened. And he, look, when he was at Juventus, he was in the team of the year, like every every season. He was the best player at the last World Cup. I know Modric won the thingy, but Pogba was the best player at the last World Cup, like comfortably. The only team that he doesn't perform in is ours. And like, if he can perform at an international level on the biggest stage, if he consistently do it in one of the top top of the European leagues, like the only thing that's different is us. So, like, who can blame him for wanting to leave? And I think it's got to the point where if, if he wants to leave, let him go and get the money for it because it's probably going to work out for both of us. If he doesn't want to be here, and if we're not going to build a team around him, use the money to start to build something. Even mm. if, like, it just seems like it makes sense for everyone. But I'm not having any of this. Like when people like slag him off, like for. For wanting to go and stuff because he's at the end of the day he's too good for us like it's i think it comes down to it being simple as that i i may i i agree again with what you've said like if i said this last season when he was when he was talking about like um last off season sort of and when he was talking about wanting to leave and stuff i said just cash in now at the end of the day let's be honest when he came back after that uh what was it 2018 world cup and like you said he was min he was really good like and he, he came back into that squad and just didn't look the same player again that was the peak time to to cash in on him madrid would have probably given you know 100 or more million to get rid of, to to buy him at that point whereas now when i look at madrid's midfield though like i don't do they really need him? Like, I don't know. It, it's one of them, isn't it, with him? I think he's... Um... It is tough. But I suppose, like, it's natural. If we've signed Van der Beek now, who's obviously, I think he's just as much a signing for now as the future, it seems like that's where, that's who's going to be making way for him. It That, like, logic dictates that it's going to be a straight swap, doesn't it? What about Cavani? Cavani. Um... I think despite a lot of people being quite sceptical, I think it's quite a, it could be, it seems like a win-win. Like we've not paid anything for him. 
I get that the wages are probably going to be quite expensive, but we need reinforcements up front. He's an improvement on a Garlo, as much as I love a Garlo. And if he's the difference between us seeing off games in the Carabao in like the early stages of like Europe and things like that, if he's the difference between doing that and us not having to turn to like Bruno and Rashford and Marshall in the last 20 minutes against teams like Luton, it'll be worth signing in just for that. Was it Pogba last year? I think it might have actually been Luton in the in the Carabao or something. We we brought Pogba on when he was just coming back from injury. And that's when he ended up doing his ankle properly. And he was out for like, what, six months? Because we brought him up for 20 minutes in the Carabao Cup. See, this is this is one thing which I do have a major, major issue with with Ollie. I do love the guy, but substitutions wise, he's tactically, I feel like he is he's still a little bit off the pace with a lot of modern managers. Sometimes I'll be screaming at the TV in the 75th minute. He's made no substitutions. We're down one nil. And I'm like, why have you not? I understand maybe he didn't trust the people he had on the bench or whatever, but fresh legs, isn't it? Like Put someone on, like we always had Matter on our bench. And don't get me wrong, I don't, I wouldn't trust Matter for a not trust, but like I wouldn't play him a whole game. He he isn't massive, but he has that one incisive pass that could open a defense. And he just he'd never bother. That is one thing that does piss me off about Ollie, like the substitutions and the tactic. And like you said, we're bringing on players in the Carabao Cup with twenty minutes to go. Well, like when we played a Maguire in a. What was it in a like a FA Cup or in a in a calling? I think he's missed one game since he signed for us, and that was that was literally a couple of weeks ago. I bet, but, I bet there was one recently. I bet you wish he missed. Just, yeah. Sorry, just getting that in there. Sure. Just that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so looking forward, then trying to be slightly positive for the next five or six games. I haven't actually got who we've got the next five or six games. That Great podcast work there, guys. Should have definitely had who we've got. Um, what do you want to see different? What can Ollie do to sort of switch this around that might potentially, you know, get, give us as fans and, and the players and stuff a bit of confidence and a bit of like, you know, something about them, basically? I think start, starting Van Der Beek, obviously, like, is a natural... Like he's he's a new signing. Like we've not really seen much of him yet, but what we have seen of him, like even with him, when the, like the game against Palace, like he was the only one who like we brought him on, and he was the one who got us a goal. Admittedly, it meant nothing by the end. Like the like little cameos he's had so far, he has looked like the one player who can make a little bit of a difference. Obviously, seeing him play a full ninety minutes would be nice. Could I just jump in quickly? Your next few fixtures are Newcastle, PSG, Chelsea, RB Leipzig, and then Arsenal. So. Some pretty heavy games in there. Fucking <laughs> oh, hell! I'll say. Well, now you've said that, mate. Like, I'd I'd still like to see Van der Beek play, but I don't know if Solskjaer will take the risk when you put it like that. Because no, because there's some heavy hitting games, man. Yeah. Saying that though, with with the heavy with heavy hitting games, I do feel like it. Say, for example, we went to Newcastle and didn't win, and then we have PSG on the Wednesday or the Tuesday. Like he's got to surely make some changes to something, even if you know, even if we do get spanked, he's got to do something to change yeah. it up. Like, well, I mean, Marshall's suspended now, isn't it? So he's gonna have to make a change there. Don't like Cavani can't play against Newcastle, can he? Because I think he's still quarantining. So I don't know who. I'm presuming we're gonna have to play Rashford as the centre forward. First game could be against PSG. I think that's the first game he's gonna be eligible for. Oh my god. That'd be tasty, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we I think we had this little conversation on WhatsApp as well, but like going forward in the next like two, three, four seasons, like who's keeping your optimism up as a United fan? Obviously, the obvious one is Greenwood. Uh, I mean still Rashford still is like a kid, isn't it? I know he's like like most of the team, he hasn't really hit hit the ground running as quickly this season as he did last season. But I think before he got injured last season, like He's shown how good he was. What what did he finish on? Like 18 goals before he broke his back? And that, again, was just due down to poor squad management. So if he'd have played the full season last year, he'd have probably been hitting 25 goals. So, I mean, like, there's still plenty to get excited about with Rashford. Having Dean Henderson back is pretty nice because you imagine this is probably De Gea's last season. Whether he goes, whether he moves, I don't know. But it seems kind of the time where it's going to that switch is going to happen 
and if Henderson does carry on with the form that he's shown at Sheffield, like we could have a goalkeeper there for the next seven or eight years, who also it's already looks good enough to be England's number one. So I was I was just going to say like I and I know we've bashed on the Carabao Cup a bit, but I did watch him in the Carabao Cup, and he made he made a couple of real yeah. real decent saves, and like he. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I missed Henderson off, off my list. But yeah, definitely, he is definitely someone I'm looking forward to, actually. Yeah. They Greenwood is just... Yeah, I'm, 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 he is. He's a dirty boy, he is. He's a dirty, dirty I'm not. I can't remember a player, like, I'm not, like, maybe not, like, in terms of sheer talent, but in terms of, like, sheer composure and, like, consistency for a player that age, like, I don't, I can't remember anyone else having that same sort of confidence that he does. He looks like he's been playing for years, like yeah. at that level. The be- the best thing which I absolutely love about him is I actually at the start for the probably the first four or five games, I was just like, What foot is this lad? Like, what's his preference? And then I think it was oh yeah, no, it was against <clears throat> Spurs. Um, it was against in the Spurs game in the first like 20 minutes or so. He had a couple of shots with his right foot, and I was just like what the fuck? And apparently he did. He had an interview a, uh, ages ago. He said he's um, he's fifty one percent left footed, forty nine percent right footed. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Like, what well, I've played football like, and I kick him with my left foot is shocking. Like, it's awful. So, I don't, I don't get like how, like where that kind of natural ability comes from. Where you, at what point do you figure out both feet are just as good? Yeah, I, re- I really don't know, man. I really, really don't know. It's- Anyway, right, we've had enough United chat. James is going to be getting annoying because annoyed because I've got another United fan on this week, and uh, so we'll cut it short. Right, thanks very much, Brad. Do you want to talk about Project Big Picture? I'd be, I'd be happy to talk about it a little bit. It's got a little bit of GB involved in it, then, hasn't it? Can... Yeah, I, I, I can give you a bit on that if you want. Uh, big picture, like, what are you guys thinking about it? I mean, I've got some notes down here. So what they're saying is they're gonna. I've actually robbed this directly from James. So if any of this is incorrect, it's all James's fault. So like they're thinking about cutting uh, League Cup and Community Shield, cutting the Premier League down from 20 teams to 18, but giving a financial package of 200 million to the EFL. So Georgie boy, you'll you'll be happy with that. Yeah, 100 million pound gift to the FA also to cover COVID losses, which again, I've actually heard that the FA have something ridiculous like 500 mil in the bank at at any point so I mean don't think they really need so much a a nice 100 million pound gift from the Premier League but you know Um, and then obviously it's sort of taken away from the um, the one one vote one what is it one club one vote system so it's like sort of wanting to make it a little bit more like sort of La Liga and and um have the sort of top six, eight teams like dominate mm. the way the league sort of goes, which as a, as a United fan, I, I, I don't really want that to happen if I'm honest, because I kind of like that the Premier League is a bit different to like how La Liga is basically just ran by Barca and Real, isn't it? So Cause, cause I've, I've listened to you two going about the last 20 minutes, how terrible your owners are. So I don't think <laughs> that, then going on to the, how the Premier League is run, to be honest. That's, that's my opening gambit on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid point. Well, you're right. You're right. I, I Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I, I am not really, I'm definitely not for, for, for p- payments to, to, FA, I think the FA have a lot of money in in reserve. If I if I've read right, that might be more for the grassroots kind of level. I think, yeah. Might, yeah. On that voting thing, I do think like I mean, we just we mentioned City coming up, and over the last however many years it is, how they've transformed the club and how they play and stuff. I do feel like if you bring in this like voting voting rights for big six teams, things like that just it makes it hard for things like that to happen in the future. Because those those top six clubs just solidify their position as like the loudest voices in the room. Yeah, that that's what it's all about. Because they're absolutely yeah. all of them are completely terrified of losing the status that they have now. Like mm-hmm. it's unthinkable to City or United or Spurs or anyone like that that they would lose their mega club status. This is one way of trying to protect their future, whilst at the same time going, it's all right. You know, we're looking after the EFL clubs, and thing is. It, that every all the other seventy-two teams of whatever, whatever number it is, they're all on their absolute knees at the moment. So yeah. I think when all these announcements first came out, it was it was painted out like it was 
uh, one of the Glazers and uh, whoever owns Liverpool, they're they're in a deep dark secret layer going. <laughs> let's 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 create like this evil secret plan to take over the world. It was a bit like that, but at the same time, the the financial package to the EFL is absolutely needed right now, and that's the first time I've in the last however many years it's been heard of anything like that. You know, they've the Premier League have completely sat to the side and not giving a shit about Berry going down or Macclesfield, I think, have gone to pot recently. You know, they've just completely washed their hands of the whole thing. So, you know, through absolutely no one's fault, which I think is why this has actually happened because of the pandemic, they've gone, right, well, you know, if you, you give us a bit more power, we'll, we'll give you a bit of money. But saying that, the current voting system, right, how it currently works, I think is whoever, whoever has the vote for the club are clearly idiots anyway because the amount of stuff they vote for every year i think they voted in the um that early transfer window when was it a couple of years ago so we voted in the the prem had an early transfer window that wasn't in line with the rest of europe so we just you just completely disadvantage yourself so they're a bunch of fucking idiots anyway so why not just shorten the amount of idiots i do feel as well like if, if you're saying like oh they're offering this money with one hand what is it 250 mil like yeah. to the big six that's nothing mm. And, 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 and with the other hand, they're taking they're taking like the democracy out of it. So it's like a long term like power play for them, I think. Definitely. Yeah. And foot, football needs a kick up the ass anyway. How it's all completely structured. And like we've just been talking about the um the fixture pileups and how the international breaks come at a really horrible time and nobody wants it. And there absolutely needs to be a shake up of all the competitions. I mean, I don't quite understand why they're reducing the Premier League down to eighteen teams. I think is that just to deal with fixture congestion? I think I think English football, in in a sense, just because of what's happened, I don't think we should be completely so. Um, as the reaction was yesterday, throw it off the table and let's never let's never speak of this again. I think I think we need to work with clubs to necessarily let's let's look at the agreement package and splitting up the revenue but you mm. can't give all the power to united and liverpool and city it's just gonna i know it's a it's almost a cliche to say it but it will cause the super league it will be an inevitable consequence of that which you know which I'll, which we'll all still watch so who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you very much guys i really appreciate you coming on it's been uh it's been fun been good learning about bolton mate and like i said i've got a big snob a big club snob mentality so uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to you know to united fans it's not that bad <laughs> <laughs> no do you guys uh do you guys want to plug sport to our 10 followers uh i know you've got i'm just looking here 13 yeah. million followers on instagram so up to, to all your followers go on twitter now and type in at sport and follow it and brad you can plug the website yeah go go on sport.com <laughs> read, read, read all the really really good stuff that are right all listen to all 25 people who listen to this podcast go and do that right now and, and change yeah. these guys lives everyone <laughs> um, yeah no thanks brad i do appreciate it mate and uh, i'm hoping the good times are going to be rolling again mate yeah maybe someday <laughs> Uh, right now, Jimbo, appreciate it, mate. As always, been been a pleasure. Um, if anyone who's listening, give us give us a like or give us a shameless promotion here. But yeah, give us a like or uh, Apple podcast. A review, mate. Apple Music, innit? Apple Music, that's the one. Oh, Cheers for that, guys. Nice one, boys. Thank you. Right. Yeah. See you later. Bye.